Joker wants to race. Oh, race? That's ridiculous. All right, come on. Let's go. Let's go. Put your window down! He wants something. Uh, he's probably drunk. You're going the wrong way! What? You're going the wrong way! He says we're going the wrong way. Oh, he's drunk. How would he know where we're going? Yeah, how would he know? Thank you. Thanks a lot. Terrific. Thank you. <laughs> what a moron. Once again, Popheads, welcome to another special remix episode of the TomCast Popcast. My name is Tom. I'm coming to you once again from the friendly confines of a deconstructed, deconstructing Tom Cave, where uh, many of the accoutrements that uh, normally surround me in this abode are uh, in boxes or have been relocated to a secondary site. So, yeah, we are still in the midst of it. We are in the thick of relocating, and uh, yeah, that's not a that's not a great way to spend the holiday season. But what is a great way to spend the holiday season is with good friends and good movies. So that's what we're here to talk about as we remix a, I think a really uh, nice episode from last holiday season. Uh, let me get to the particulars because, again, as I said, my name is Tom. This is the TomCast Podcast, and I want to thank you all so much for listening to this quality independent pop culture podcast. Please make sure you're following us on social media, TomCast Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Email the show at TomCastPopcast at gmail.com. Excuse me, gmail.com. And remember to like, subscribe, and share the show with everybody. Everybody. Because we truly, truly appreciate it. We're on all your favorite pa- pl- uh, podcasting platforms. And uh, please check us out. And if you get a chance, five-star reviews are an insanely helpful way to support the show without having to do a single solitary thing other than, you know, at least like financially speaking. But if you are inclined to support the show financially, we have the official members of Pop Nation who have access to the amazing bonus content. You can sign up at patreon.com forward slash TomCastPopCast. Join the nation and gain access to the suite bonus content. Thank you to our current Patreons and uh, happy Thanksgiving to our current Patreons. The Aspen Hill Chody, The Batman Abejo, Jeff Nail co-hosting The Ringineer. Check that show out. The Evil Circle. Thank you Evil Circle. Squidmaster General Mr. Brian Broussard, The New Jersey Devil Mark Wagamer. Our very own Joker, Holly Quinn, Brian and Krista of Pride Brewing Company right here in San Diego and coming to Baltimore, Maryland. 
the beer hop brigadier general, Jesus Beer Hops, and of course, the silent assassin, he who shall not be named. Well, as I mentioned before, you know, if, you, if you're a long-time listener of the show, you know what's going on. If you're new, welcome aboard. I hope you're digging the show. Uh, what we're doing right now is uh, we're, we're remixing an episode, a, a prior episode of the show, because uh, this is one of those occasions where, um, um, like Dr. Ian Malcolm says, life finds a way. Well, life has found a way to uh, un, un, un <laughs> to knock this podcast off the rails, if you will. Uh, I am currently in the midst of moving slash relocating uh, slash upheaving my life uh, from the friendly confines of the Tom Cave to a new location. And uh, that's going uh, okay so far. Uh, but it's it's trying, it's stressful, and it is cut into podcasting time severely. So what we're doing is we're representing for this Thanksgiving season uh, two of our, in my opinion, greatest hits for the holiday season, for Thanksgiving. Uh, our, last week we, re- we did a remix on our amazing interview with Ethan Embry about Dutch and, and so many other aspects of his career. Fantastic episode. Please check it out if you haven't already. A lot, a lot of fun to go revisit that one. And then today, uh, you're listening to Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, starring Steve Martin and John Candy, one of my my all-time favorite uh, holiday comedies, uh, you know, written directed by John Hughes, and it's just a, a a holiday classic. It's it's hard to go wrong with this one, in my opinion. Um, I, I I am curious though, you know, if you have younger members of your family who have watched this with you, do they find this movie to be dated? Do they find it to be antiquated in a way? Uh, because uh, obviously travel has changed a lot since this was filmed in, in the late '80s, and and obviously, and we also have more things to distract us and and make it so that we can find other alternative means of getting around. So you know, keep that in mind. It it is of its time. It is of its period. But I love this movie. I think the comedy is great. Steve Martin, John Candy, uh, at the height of their their comedic talents and. Uh, if you know Steve Martin, I mean, Steve Martin's been at the height of his comedic talents for a long, long time. The man is a genius uh, and, and rarely, rarely misses. Like, that's a fact. And John Candy, obviously, he's he's been passed away now for a long time, not with us. But again, at the height of his comedic chops, nailing it in this one. And uh, I'm joined by my brother, Mark, because it is Thanksgiving. So why not make it a family affair as we discuss planes, trains, and automobiles from... I forgot what year it was. You'll you'll hear it in a minute when I when, as like as I kind of get into the movie. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's not good at all. I think it's from '87. Holy smokes! I really gotta get my my uh, shit together. I have that moving brain right now. My moving brain is all all focused on packing things and relocating things and uh, uh, playing Tetris in my car to make sure as many boxes fit in there as humanly possible. So please excuse me for 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 lacking on on some of the details, uh, <laughs> but again, uh, before we we get into the movie, I do want to mention uh, how much I hope everyone has a safe and festive holiday season this year. This Thanksgiving will be a lot different than last year. Obviously, it seems like a lot of more people are getting together, big festive gatherings, big family gatherings, going out of town, traveling. So this movie seems as appropriate as ever. Uh, as 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 uh, we try to resume a normal sense of the holiday season compared to last year's 2020, where uh, 
Uh, many of us spent the, the holiday kind of isolated from our family, are isolated from our friends. Uh, so by all means, check this movie out. If you haven't listened to our show before, maybe the show will inspire you to, but check this movie out. I think you can watch it on AMC, AMC+, Plus, all those good things, Resident on Prime. Uh, Steve Martin, John Candy, uh, Layla Roberts, Michael McKeon, Kevin Bacon has a cameo in this. Dylan Baker has a cameo in this. It's, it is a ca- comedy cavalcade of, of comedic cameos. Written and directed by John Hughes. Please go check this out. Plane Trains and Automobiles from 1987. I link it with my brother Mark, and you are going to be delighted with this conversation. It's a lot of fun. So I want you to sit down, buckle up, hold on to your butts, and buckle up again. Let's go. Oh. 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 Why did you kiss my ear? Why are you holding my hand? Where's your other hand? Between two pillows. Those aren't pillows. Ah! Oh! Joining me once again via the Skype, my brother Mark. Happy Thanksgiving, sir. How are you? Happy Thanksgiving. I'm good. How are you? Hey, I'm, we're, you know, we're hanging in there. 2020 continues to, to chug along to a, a, a hopefully merciful ending. <laughs> and we'll see if we can uh, pick up the pieces in January. We'll see. I, I doubt it. We'll <laughs> you are a nihilist. You believe in nothing. No, I'm just pessimistic. <laughs> uh, well, listen, before we before we get into planes, trains, and automobiles, I thought it would be appropriate for uh, Thanksgiving to kind of talk a little bit about our Thanksgivings because uh, we, we grew up having them together, which was quite nice. Yes. Well, what, what would be your favorite part of the Thanksgiving Day experience? Oh, I don't know. I've... I mean, I suppose just the the dinner itself, sure, and um, just being being with with your family most yeah. most of the day. I, I think I think some of our Thanksgivings, Dad worked a little bit, but he was there most of the day. I think so. Yeah, I, th- I think typically he would work in the mornings and and then be home in the afternoons, and then would be annoyed that we were watching football games. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which the tables have turned in that situation because uh, now when I call him on a Sunday afternoon, he's usually watching the Ravens game. So <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable, and he still yeah. secretly roots for the Steelers, which I don't understand because that's a big rivalry. Well, he was never much into sports, so <laughs> he might not understand that they are rivals. I know, but he's <laughs> he's such a, our dad is such an interesting late coming late comer to the sports world. Hey, God bless him. If he can be a Steelers fan and a Ravens fan at the same time, more power to him. Right, right, right. Oh, that's fair. Uh, was was there a favorite dish that you had for that you looked forward to every Thanksgiving that you had to have? For me, it was always about the turkey and the stuffing. The, the, those two things together. And you liked it in... Am I wrong, but you liked the stuffing in the bird? No. I don't think we ever did that. I thought we did it once because I think you wanted to try it. That that maybe if we did, then I think it. I, I don't think I cared for it very much. No, I don't think we um, did. I don't think any of us did, and that's why it probably never happened again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, cook 
cook that separate. What are you doing? Yeah, I, I, I couldn't remember if it was... I know we had done it at least once, but I couldn't remember if not doing it again was a, a joint decision or just mom's decision because she didn't like it very much. No, I... I it... If, if I recall correctly, um, I think it was I think it was mushy or something. It was very yeah, it was very moist, extremely yeah. moist and mushy. Yeah, I'm, I'm not about that. What are, What are your thoughts on potatoes? I love them. You like uh, you like regular like mashed potatoes or like you you go sweet potato? Um, I like regular, but I also like sweet potato, um, preferably mashed. Either sweet potato or regular mashed is the way to go. I think for Thanksgiving. All right. Now, will you will you do the with the sweet potatoes? Will you do like those uh, those dressed up ones where it's like they're they're kind of like cut up, like cubed up, and they got the marshmallows on top? Are you into that mess? Not really. Yeah, I'm not either. I like sweet potatoes, but I I kind of prefer a mashed, a little brown sugar, maybe some like crumbled pecans or something on top. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the way to go. Yeah, I agree. I, I am a p- potato fiend. I will have. Uh, multiple kinds of potatoes at a Thanksgiving feast. <laughs> yes, your your plate on Thanksgiving always looks like a, a volcano <laughs> with uh, with gravy in the caldera. That's <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you you know, there's there's two great vehicles for gravy, and and mashed potatoes are one of them. You know, we just you just smush it in there, and you get that yeah. lovely like dollop of it right there in the, in the middle of your plate. Yeah, and then you kind of build around that. And I yeah. I am the guy who likes to I kind of get my fork and I load it up like a little bite of everything and kind of swirl it around the plate which uh has in the past infuriated members of our family. So <laughs> that's always fun. Well, I mean I know you made fun of me for being very dainty in the way that I eat sometimes because I'm very I want it all separate. Yeah. And I eat it separately. So I'm very, I guess, rigid and orderly about about the way I eat my food. That that for anyone who knows you, that's not shocking to hear. Wow. <laughs> no, I'm mean, just saying. I mean, you are a much more a disciplined person than than I am. Uh, and 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 when it comes to Thanksgiving dinner in particular, I am. Uh, I I like to consider myself in the upper echelon of gluttons. I just want all of it on the plate, in my mouth as fast as possible. <laughs> yeah, that's de- I'm definitely not about that. No, you are not about that. You are a much more restrained uh, uh, individual when it comes to uh, the feasting. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I love all. Give me all of it. I love all the sides. I don't. I don't care for green bean casserole. I think anyone who knows me knows why. Have I had that? I don't even know if I've had that. I feel like that was something we did maybe again did once or twice because I think I think our parents might have liked it. I think maybe Dad in particular liked it. I mean, green beans have grown on me over the years. I do like green beans, but I don't I don't recall having a casserole. Okay. All right. Well, whatever. I'm just getting myself hungry, so we, we'll have to change subjects here. Okay. The, the other thing I remember from uh, from Thanksgiving was was usually you and I would end up outside at some point throwing the football around because like, the, the Lions game was usually awful. So we would go outside and during the Lions game and, and usually throw the football around and run around. Yeah. I just remember that one year that um, the Bills were finally on, the Buffalo Bills were finally on uh, Thanksgiving 
football and they played the lions and it was like the one time the lions decided to show up <laughs> and, and kick the bills's ass and i was really upset about it i mean uh, correct me if i'm wrong but if, if if the buffalo bills are not on like you don't really care about the games on on thanksgiving do you no i do i i watch them i wouldn't say that um i have a particular horse in the race but but I you know I follow them I do watch them I get interested and and there are certain teams that you know I prefer more so than others so well and now that there's like three games it's become like a whole thing I mean it's I'll be honest I rarely make it to that night game I'm usually like passed out covered in gravy and, and cheese I'm not passed out I just cease to care at that point <laughs> you know I thought I I, th- I thought three games on Thanksgiving was too much. <laughs> Yeah, that, that that's how I feel because I feel like then at night is when you're kind of spending time with your family and kind of winding down. Yeah. So, but I guess if your team is playing in that light game, then then you're not gonna care. Well, you know, if you're like me and you don't really have a team anymore, you can just do whatever you want, which is wonderful. Uh, I suppose so. But uh, no, in, in the dynamics of my marriage, I mean, I, I you know, we generally watch, or I generally watch the games during the day, and when the, when evening rolls around after we've eaten, um, I'm not so much of a of, of a of a butt that I, I, I tell Janine to stuff it, and I'm watching the third game too. It's like usually that's when it's like, yeah, you're right, it's time to hang out together, we'll watch something together, because she has no interest in the football games, let alone the first two I right. watched, let alone, and so definitely not the third one. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, you know, family time, togetherness, We use that's usually when we start, we usually will start with the, the beginning of the Christmas movie marathons. That is usually when, when that begins. All right, all right. All right, so let's get off the food here. Let's kind of get, I do have a, another question or two for you, uh, but this one's more uh, germane to the film. Okay. Not that Thanksgiving's not germane to the planes, trains, and automobiles, because obviously it's about getting home for the holiday. Uh yeah. But again, this this is Plane Trains and Automobiles is is another classic John Hughes road trip movie. Yes. I, I think it's I think it's reasonable to say that uh, that he's done the road trip movie better than many. Better than most. Sure. <laughs> um uh, I guess what I want to know is you know, you've done road trips, I've done road trips. We we've all been there. We've all done that. Which, by the way, yeah. just just for the record, Plane Trains and Automobiles came out in 1987. For anyone who yes. couldn't quite remember the timeline, 87. Um, who is who is your ideal road trip partner? Who do you want to be on a road trip with? Is there such a thing as an ideal road trip partner? <laughs> Honest, like honestly, I'm. Can I can I say? Myself? <laughs> yes, you can. You know, I, I think it's just, you remember when I was in college and, um, you know, I would come up for the Christmas holiday from Miami, from Miami to, to Maryland. Mm-hmm. And I would do, like, that's a long road trip, you know, but I would do it really quick and I would kind of do it in the middle of the night and... Like that was always great to me. That was always just like a blast. Just just me in the road. And I loved it. Yeah. So so but yeah, I, I'm just going to say that for now. 
Yeah, you know, it, it's hard for me to argue with, with that because I've done that road trip a couple of times myself. Not that exact same one. Uh, when I did right. when I did a DC to, to Miami, it was with uh, our friend Damien, who was uh, right. who who was a good traveling companion. He was a lot of fun, and yeah, you know that worked out really nicely. Uh, but when I drove cross country a couple different times, I was usually by myself, and I ended up having a, a great time with myself. <laughs> but that was also because like I was in my youth, and I could I could push myself, and I could drive for like thirty hours straight without having to stop or anything like that. You know, right. Yeah, I I don't know. I feel like I'm still pretty good at that. So, uh, well, good for you because now I'm tired after like four hours in the car. I'm like, I got to Could we find a hotel, please? I'm tired. No, nah, man. <laughs> now I've lost I've lost my edge when it comes to like the the, the, the road trip. I'm I'm not quite uh, as as uh, persistent on on the uh, the we're making good time theory. Yeah, uh, especially because because I have a wife who wants to go to the bathroom every four minutes. So. Yes, that kind of thing does does get in the way. Yeah, or it's like, oh, we have to stop so we can walk the dogs. It's like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no dog walking. All right, well, let me ask you this question, and this is I'm springing this on you. Oh, but, oh, but if, oh boy! But if you could road trip with any celebrity in the world, alive or dead, who would you pick? Oh, um, you know, probably because I just watched the movie. I, I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm, I'm gonna say John Candy. Really? Yeah. You? <laughs> oh my God! I must be more Steve Martin like than I thought because <laughs> Dell's antics, woo! They would have triggered me. Well, I mean, John Candy isn't Dell. That's okay. So you just want John Candy himself? Okay, that makes sense. All right, all right. Yeah, but but on on and and I'm sure we'll we'll get into this. Uh, like like Dell may be annoying, but he has he has a good heart. Whereas Steve Martin or Neil Page is a complete asshole. <laughs> Spoilers for the conversation. <laughs> um. Yeah, you're not. Uh. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I, th- I think John Candy's a great pick. I mean, it, we grew up with John, with John Candy movies. He was a big deal for us. We were always really excited to watch John Candy movies. And Uncle Buck's was like, still one of my favorites. Uh, yeah, I I love Uncle Buck, and and I think and I think he's great in this movie. I think this movie is kind of like quintessential John Candy, and and that's why I, that's why I say that. I'm just you know I just watched the movie, so it's fresh in my mind. But but yeah, he I don't know. He just seemed. He just seems so blue collared and laid back, and like you're gonna have a good time with him. Um, you know, not even this, but uh, the character he plays in uh, Home Alone. <laughs> you want you want the polka music? Absolutely, <laughs> polka polka. <laughs> that was good stuff. You, <laughs> you're not wrong. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. I think John Kenny's a solid pick. All right. How about you? All right. <laughs> So my pick is so ridiculous because it's just, <laughs> I just want to be friends with this man so desperately. It's so oh sad. Boy. Oh, man. <laughs> I just think Chris Hemsworth seems like a really cool guy to hang out with. Oh, you and your love affair with Chris Hemsworth. That The man is beautiful and funny. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to disagree. I thought, I thought you might say like, 
Chris Pratt or something. No, Hemsworth looks like more fun. Hemsworth looks like more fun. Okay. I mean, and, and I don't mean this as, as a knock on Pratt, but uh, apparently he's like you know very Christian, so I'm not sure he'll appreciate my jokes. That's true. I think I don't think he'd have a problem with your jokes. I don't know. I can be pretty racy sometimes. I work blue a lot, Mark. I work blue a lot. What? <laughs> means I drop the dirty jokes in there, man. You know. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not familiar with that term? Come on, man. I thought you were in the industry. No. Uh, it's called working blue. Look it up. I'll, I will. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about the movie. Like we said, from 1987, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, written, directed, produced by John Hughes, starring Steve Martin and John Candy as our main players. There's some fun little cameos in there that maybe we'll get to talk about. Uh, but that, that, that's kind of where we need to focus. Yeah. And so, uh, we, you know, we kind of talked about it before we did the recording uh, I didn't really want to go beat by beat through the movie necessarily. Uh, I, yeah. thought, uh, I thought it might be more interesting just to kind of tackle it from a couple different angles. Like, let's talk about it. I mean, you kind of said your feelings already. Let's talk about Steve Martin's character, Neil Page. Okay. So you made it known how you feel. You think he's an asshole. He's an asshole. Talk about it. Give me the reasons why. Present, present your case. He's just—he's mean, and I think he's—I think he's mean-spirited, and um, I think it comes from this boring, predictable life that he lives, where he's kind of always in control, and then as soon as you take him out of that, as soon as he loses control, he just loses it, and he gets mean on you, and it. It's just not the it's just not the type of person that you necessarily want to be around. You, you don't think that has anything to do with uh, with uh, Dell's sort of? Um, I mean, let's put it, I mean let's let's put it bluntly. They're they're very opposite of each other. But you, yeah. you don't think the things that Dell does are are like button pushing worthy? Oh, I I definitely think they are. Um, but I I think it comes down to that that scene in the hotel room where Steve Martin finally, like he loses it. He's, he's had enough of Dell's shenanigans, his, his annoying qualities. Um, and that's an understatement, you know, (laughs) and, and Steve Martin just rips into him and it goes on for so long. It's just like, stop, just, he's had enough. Just stop. Oh, it's but a com- he just keeps going. It's a completely uncomfortable scene for sure. Um, but to, I mean, to be fair, like I said, I think I think Neil gets gets pushed pretty hard. I mean, they're they're sh- they're they're forced to share a hotel together in Wichita at this point. Yeah. In, at this point in the movie, and I mean, Dell is just kind of doing his thing. But it's all you know, and like like you said, I mean, sure, he's got a he definitely seems to have a good heart and a good spirit about him. But I mean, it's it's the things he does are with like I, I feel zero consideration for the fact he has to share this room with another man. You know, putting his you know hanging his underwear up on the towel racks and washing his socks in the sink, and you know <laughs> taking the towels out of the bathroom, you know, stuff like that. It was like they, that. I feel like that would set off anybody. It would set off. And then anybody, he but, he's, but he the... spills beer in the bed and makes Neil sleep in it. <laughs> Absolutely, I agree. 
But the thing is, is that Steve Martin should have said something well ahead of time. <laughs> and and the, the Neil Page character, um, you know, Del or Neil complains about having to sleep in the puddle of beer. And Dell says, oh, do you want me to sleep in it? Well, but Neil then decides to kind of martyr himself. Like, no, it's fine, whatever. Well, clearly it's not fine. So this whole thing, if, if he had just been a little more honest with Dell up front and called him out sooner, then I, I feel like th- that whole thing could have been avoided you know like like steve martin is the kind of guy who just like like he bottles up his anger and then it explodes on you so so the real person at fault in this movie is is or is social decorum sure <laughs> if neil just expressed himself instead of like you know grinning and burying it it things would have been better yeah <laughs> well i don't know if i necessarily agree with that but i do think <laughs> i do think neil makes uh, a, a lot of this falls on Neil's shoulders because he knows he's going to this, this business. He has this business meeting in New York city on, you know, two days before Thanksgiving. It's like the Tuesday leading up to Thanksgiving week. He's in this business meeting. He knows he doesn't know when it's going to wrap up. He just hopes that it wraps up so he can catch the six o'clock flight back to Chicago. And it's, it's like what quarter to five when he finally gets out, gets out of the meeting with, uh, with Ferris Bueller's dad. And, uh, yeah, something, and, like and then that. he has to like dart to the airport. He's in the taxi cab line, and and it's it again. If he had just taken the eight o'clock with Ferris Bueller's dad, I'm assuming he would have been home a okay. Well, I mean, probably not because presumably Ferris Bueller's dad uh, was flying into O'Hare as well, and every flight was canceled. So, I I think that guy got held up too. I I. Okay, that's no, that's a very realistic possibility. But wouldn't you also think too? I mean, I listen. Maybe it's just me, and and, and like I'm when it comes to, to travel, I'm I'm kind of a play it safe person. Like I'll just sit at the airport and wait to get on whatever the next flight's going to be that I can make. Because the idea of, of going through what they go through to try and get ahead of the the storms and and the, and the the travel delays and all these other things are it's it's bananas crazy. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I agree with you. Um, because, because, well, hold on, let, let me just put this out there too. Because the initial plan is there, there. You have the great opening scene with Steve Martin racing to catch the cab, racing Kevin Bacon, and then yes. tripping over Dell's trunk. He doesn't know it's Dell yet. And then when he finally does flag a cab down, which he has to buy off of a lawyer for seventy five bucks, which is another crazy weird scene but that's how desperate steve martin is to make this 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 flight and then dell does end up stealing his cab right and dell and, and neil chases him down the street which is again funny a funny way to open the, the show and you kind of know all right this is going to be off to a rocky start with these two already um but eventually neil does get to the airport and he seemingly will make the flight but then there's there's like what a delay first and then they finally board and neil's bumped which that's got to piss you off too if you paid for a first class seat and you get bumped to coach. Yeah. And then they get they get uh, um, what's 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 it when they get diverted to Wichita because of the storms in Chicago. Right. And and so again, and we'll talk about how Dell and Neil sort of connect during all this. Um, 
but they're they're just in Wichita, Wichita together to spend the night, and then they're supposed to go to the airport, right? Or are they 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 skip that completely, right? They're like, no, we're done, and then it's like off to wherever. Um, it's so so yeah, they they get diverted to Wichita, and then they decide, well, instead of spending the night at the airport, let's just go get a motel. And then after the motel, they're supposed to... There's a conversation at some point where they're saying, like, like all the flights are 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 booked. booked. Yeah. Yeah. So so they're then at that point uh, kind of forced into uh, taking a train. Okay. All right. All right. So we'll put a pin in Neil's side of things right here uh, let, let's kind of talk about about dell and in the way that mo- the movie opens the way, the way that the movie introduces him yeah because i think steve martin is supposed to be the character that we i i, I guess he's our point of view character i would definitely say he is i yeah um and and you know dell's sort of this like he's he's a he's a uh what is he a, a shower curtains shower curtain ring salesman yes and so he's a bit of a, a big personality because I guess you know most salesmen have a have a kind of talkative nature about them you know because they're always kind of selling whether it's their product or themselves, right? And you know like you like you said Neil is a much more uh, closed in kind of guy. Yeah, he's much more reserved and 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 to himself. Yeah. So w- w- when the two actually first encounter each other, I mean, there's that brief flash when when Neil finally catches the cab in New York City. And and yeah. Dell sees him and the, the, is like scared of him, right? But then the cab drives away. So it isn't until they're at the airport together, sitting right across from each other, that they really kind of get to interact with one another. Yes. And Dell realizes that yeah, he did steal Neil's cab. Right. Part of me still thinks that Dell did that on purpose. <laughs> I think he kind of did too. <laughs> it's kind of yeah, a shitty thing. Yeah, I, th- I I again, I don't say it as as to imply that Dell's a bad person. But he's he can be slightly shady to kind of get things done. Like I think he saw yeah. these two guys arguing over the cab. I was like, well, I'll just take it. Yeah. Or you know, the other thing is, is that the the character is so kind of um, oblivious to certain things that you can also see where you know maybe he he really just didn't wasn't. Maybe he saw what was going on, but wasn't really aware of it. Yeah, I mean, that, he, he, he know? yeah, I know. We'll, we'll, I think we'll, I mean, we'll, 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 fuck it, we'll just jump ahead. But I mean, you know, the the scene where shortly before the car catches on fire, or actually right as the car catches on fire, we find out that Dell paid for that rental with Neil's credit card. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because he's hoping that that credit card was put in his wallet by Neil as an act of kindness. <laughs> that seems like a bit of a reach, <laughs> but it's the hilarious. Worst excuse, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> and we, again, but the, but the movie's continuity is solid on that because it does the their cards get switched in Wichita at the motel, and that's the payoff of it is finally coming through is during the the, the car on fire scene. Yes. So, uh, um, yeah. Uh, but again, I, I you know maybe shady was a strong word, but you know Dell is uh, I don't know blissfully naive, but I mean he's he's definitely blissfully optimistic that things are always going to work out in his favor. Right. Um. How how about 
Let me okay. Let, let's let's kind of pause in the movie real quick. When you travel, okay. What? Who are you more like, Neil or Dell? Definitely more like Neil. Oh no, same here, a hundred percent. Yeah. So so when you say that Neil's an asshole, I definitely see where you're coming from because there are definitely parts in the movie where Neil is 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 outright mean. Yeah. But at the same time, I sort of understand because I, uh, um. As a traveler, I, I I am very inward. You know, I, I keep to myself, I keep my head down, and I focus on whatever uh, distractions I brought to entertain myself, usually, usually reading or watching something on my iPad or whatever. Yeah. I have no desire uh, to engage in a conversation with the person next to me uh, other than, like, a polite ple- pleasantry if I have to uh, get past them to go to go to the restroom or whatever. Sure. You know, and I try to establish that early on, that, like, I'll... Like, Hello, how are you? And then I, you know, put the earbuds in or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> that's the extent of it for me. Because I, 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 though I do get upset if that person decides to go to sleep, and then I have to step over them to go to the bathroom. I get really annoyed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or it's even worse when you have to wake them up because then it's like, then, then they're all cranky about it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know anybody necessarily who's like Dell when it comes to like. I mean, I've definitely seen it on the flight. The like the the talkative person next to you luckily i've been able to avoid it most of my life i've i've had that a little bit and like it's it's not too bad i i'm a little different when i travel in the sense that um the like the things that i have to distract myself which is usually just you know uh something that i'm working on 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 my laptop or a book I don't know. I like. I find it very hard to to kind of concentrate on things on a plane. So a lot of time, if someone's kind of willing to make conversation, I'm I'm okay with it for the most part. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I, I'll I'll get tired of it eventually. Um, you know, I don't want it to go on forever. But um, so I'm a little bit go ooh, a little bit go with the flow in in that sense. Mm-hmm. But I think Dell is just he's his character is sort of a jumble of all of those annoying people that we come across when we travel yeah it's it's like he's he's everything that we we don't want to encounter when when we travel and and that's part of what makes neil work as a character because we completely understand where he's coming from yeah Yes, I think you know. you're, I think I think you're right. That's that's why I was a little when you know, when you when you said he's an asshole, I was like, well, I think we're also supposed to be kind of be Neil when we watch this. No, I, I think he is, but but that's the thing. But 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 in saying that, it it, it you know, it, it's like like we feel that way towards that person that is annoying us, but but we forget that that person is also another human being. Yeah, you know. No, no, I, I think that's right, and and just as a point of clarification, if someone's talking to me on the on the plane, like I I talk back and I respond. I'm I I sure. Uh, much much like uh, another character that, that we talk about, but we can't talk about right now publicly. Um, I don't I, I don't want to be rude to anybody, so I I'll, like, I'll engage with you as as long as I can, and then when I get the opportunity to to, to <laughs> plug into something else, I will. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, but let me ask you, okay, so so let's get to this real quick. Uh, a, a point of travel etiquette that must be discussed. Okay. When you're on that plane, 
would you have the balls to rip off your shoes and socks? <laughs> I want to say yes, but I don't. I don't think I. I would. I wouldn't either. I would be terrified I, of people I, finding if, out if it was I, me. If I if I was wearing like a pair of slip-on shoes, sure, but it would stop there. I would not. I would not take off my socks. <laughs> I, I I can I can almost I I, I sort of appreciate that. I, I get that. That that sort of makes some sense. Uh, but but the production that Dell makes when he rips his socks off. It's... Oh yeah, he's like flipping them around, and, them. <laughs> and just the sounds he's making of like sweet relief. Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh my god, get me off of this plane. <laughs> Call Homeland Security right now. There's a terrorist on board. Wow. All right. He's a foot terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Jeez, Louise, that snuck up on me. So. Uh, our characters, they're in Wichita, and then in that motel, shortly before... I think it's right before... No, it's right after their fight. After they they eventually fall asleep, and then yes. they get robbed. Yes. So their money's gone. Oh, their, and all, uh, the, uh, their, their cash, cash is stolen, I should say. They still have yeah. a, a couple credit cards, and Neil has a gas card. <laughs> yeah. As he's very happy what? to point out. Yeah, well, one 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 thing when I was watching this that that I really liked was was you know it was made in 1987 when you know people between the two of them they have like two credit cards and one is is a credit card to like a like a department store right right you know and not everybody accepts credit cards either and I don't know I just found that to I, th- I think it helps like enhance the story and it's just one of those things that that you couldn't you can do today because everyone has plastic everyone takes plastic and well the thing i the thing i noticed or that i wondered when i watched the movie and i've wondered this for a while now because like neil has a diners club card does anyone even know what the hell diners club is anymore i don't even know if i know what it was back then i just knew it as a thing yeah, I don't think I know what it is exactly either. Right, but it, I mean that that was like a, a term that we heard growing up in like the eighties and early nineties. Nowadays, yeah. you say diners club to somebody, they're, they're like, "What? What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, go back to your time machine, old man. You don't yeah. belong here. Nope. <laughs> so whenever they keep dropping like that diners club reference, and I'm like, I like, man, people must be so like, what the fuck is diners club? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even know if our parents had a, had a diners club card because they you know, I don't think that was really their jam. Definitely not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so they get robbed. Oh, th- let me ask you this question too, because at, when they figure out that they're they're getting that that, they, that they've been robbed, they're at a diner, they're eating breakfast, they're getting ready to uh, get a ride to the train station from yes. the the hotel uh, uh, clerk or manager's uh, son. And yes. we should point out, you know, Dell seems to know everybody at all these places because he's sold them shower ring curtains and whatever. So Dell has like these like connections in a lot of places that they end up going, and, and right. using uh, using Dell's connections to help kind of help get back to Chicago. Yes. When they when they are figuring out that they got robbed and they're they're going into their walls for their cash, and Neil mm-hmm. says that he had seven hundred dollars in his wallet were you blown away by that like i was 
I wouldn't say blown away, but I'd be like, that's a lot of money to like, carry in your wallet. Who? I, I I was trying to think back. Like I don't remember our parents ever having that kind of cash in their wallet. No, that, that's just irresponsible. <laughs> that seems really irresponsible. I agree with you 100%. I mean, it could be because he's traveling. I Maybe. I don't know. That was the only thing I could think of as well. Is like, you know, maybe back then still there weren't a lot of places that took credit cards. You know, right. and, you know, or, you know, maybe it was more uh, a localized, or not localized necessarily, but uh, limited in what credit yeah. cards were accepted. I mean, I remember for yeah. a, a long time, uh, uh, back in the 90s, when I first got a credit card, uh, so many stores, I, I had a Discover card. And, mm. and a lot of places didn't, didn't take Discover card back in the day. Right. Now now the idea of somebody saying, like, oh, we don't take that method of payment is is just completely out the window. Yeah. So the only the only thing I could think of was 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 that yeah maybe, maybe credit card uses was a little bit more limited back in like the mid eighties. No, it it definitely was. I I remember I remember our mom and dad talking about like oh this place doesn't take credit card that place doesn't take credit card that kind of thing. So it you know it, it was I think at the time still a fairly new technology I guess and not everyone had adapted to it. Right. Right. So uh, then we get. Well, and I'm going kind of beat by beat again too, but uh, I, 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 I definitely had to mention uh, uh, Dylan Baker's. Absolutely. <laughs> Dylan Baker as Owen, the son of the motel manager, who's going to drive them to uh, to the train station, which isn't in Wichita. It's in a different town whose name I can't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. And they have either. to sit in the back of an open pickup truck in the middle of November or in late November in Kansas. Yes, Dylan Baker, a, a, a character actor we've seen in, in a million different things, probably most recognizable to this audience as as uh, Professor Kurt Connors in Sam Raimi's Spider Man. Yes, uh, but but definitely somebody you recognize. I mean, how was was it a trip just to see him in this movie at all as like this crazy redneck character? Yeah, absolutely. When he showed up, I was like, "Oh, I forgot. I forgot he was he was in this, and I forgot he was this character." And he it's not the type of character you would expect him to play, and he's just like so perfect. Yeah, and I think this is definitely one of his early performances. And I know we yeah. you know, we, we we mentioned the Kevin Bacon cameo earlier, but in uh, in Dylan Baker's role doesn't count as a cameo because you know he's a young actor at this point. But apparently. Right. Uh, all those like weird like facial tics and, and like the snorting and all that stuff was improvised. <laughs> and I'm just like, how the hell did he come up with this? Because it's so weird. And I had read I read one little detail that I thought was really interesting. But apparently the part where uh, he sort of like spits his, uh, his, his chew and then wipes his mouth with his hand and then shakes Neil's hand. Right. Was done at the, at the urging of John Hughes who knew... That Steve Martin was like really OCD about germs and stuff. Oh, really? And they wanted him to kind of freak out <laughs> <laughs> because apparently, like as soon as that happened, uh, 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 Steve Martin ran off off the set and to go wash his hands, and everyone started laughing, thought it was hilarious. That's great. <laughs> I'm the type of person I think I, I feel like that's how you I feel like that's how you should direct, and I feel like just no one really does that type of stuff anymore. You know, it's so. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like shaking hands with somebody who has like some spit on their hands is gross. That's gross. I but I feel like it's even grosser now in 2020, where we're all becoming so much more aware of germs and how they're spread. Yep. Where it's just like, no, I don't want to touch your hand ever again. Thanks. 
I know. Th- th- I know this is uh, off topic, but I mean, do you think handshakes ever come back? Yes. Really? I think handshakes yeah. are done. If handshakes are done, I'm done. <laughs> well, you are a handshaker. Like that. Like that's so ridiculous. Like, like if we end up with a, uh, if we end up with a vaccine at some point, and and this becomes a memory, uh, the idea of people not shaking hands is fucking ridiculous to me. <laughs> like, great, let's all just stay in our houses and have fucking Zoom meetings and be even more socially awkward than we already are. Well, Wonderful. That's, that's the track we're on. I mean, this is just speeding it up. Yeah, well, no thank you. <laughs> um God, we're still we're we're only in Kansas so far as, as <laughs> but uh uh So they get on the train and they get stuck. But they kind they kind of yes. separate the train. They have to sit in separate sections. Yes. Train breaks down. Yeah. They reconvene, but then they also decide to go separate ways. Like Neil doesn't want to get stuck with with Dale. He feels like Dale's holding him back. Right, yeah, there's that sort of breakup scene at the at the diner. Now, Neil, I feel like Neil tries to be very polite about it, but but Dell does take it very personally. Yes, I do. I do really like uh, John Candy's reaction to that. You know, because I, I I think I think Dell is 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 really hopeful and optimistic that he's making a friend out of Neil. Right. And then to, for Neil to just kind of like be like, I don't want anything to do with you. I just want to go home. Uh, it just was just like kind of throwing some dirt in his face. Yeah, yeah. It's it. You know, it, it, it's that thing where it's Neil is our our window kind of into. The, he he's our perspective character, and at that moment, John Candy just seems to reacting like an insecure little little baby but we're not thinking about like who he actually is as a person and, and why he is kind of this way mm-hmm. you know and, and i think it's I, th- I think it's a good scene for kind of establishing sort of what ends up to be the the reveal later later in the film oh, sorry say that again it, 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 it's it's a good sort of foreshadowing of, of the reveal later okay. in the film, at the end okay. of the film. Yeah, yeah, I think Be, you're right. Because the thing is, is, yeah, because, like, we're with Steve Martin the whole time, and it's like we know Steve Martin's story, but we never we never get Dell's story, really. No, and you just get little Steve, little hints of it and little, little comments here and there about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's an interesting point, and... and you know, and I think that's not to not again not to agree with you necessarily on on the Neil being a complete asshole sort of thing, but the fact that he doesn't really ask a lot of questions about Adele and in like his life and stuff like that, while while Dale seems very interested in in Neil right. and his life and, and things like that, um, is is interesting for sure. Yeah, like the Steve Martin character, he's a little sort of self involved. He is a little you know, self involved. Yeah, look, yeah. I, I don't mean it as, as an insult to to the character because I think every everybody's a little self-involved. Yeah, you know? well, you know, and, but, and Neil's but, very focused on getting home for the holiday and all that stuff. I mean, you know, I, I right to an extent I do understand it, but I mean, you're traveling with somebody 
for, you know, you're spending a lot of time with one person. You think you would sort of, uh, you know, try <laughs> to get to know them a little better. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, especially someone who, who, despite all of it, all of his flaws and all of his annoyances, I mean, Dell really is just trying to help. Yeah, sure. Uh, what did you think of these two on the bus? I and loved I, it. And actually, I, I, I did get my, my story a little out of order. They have they go on the bus before they have that, that final meal together and they separate. Right, yeah. But, I mean, um, I, I think, I don't, I can't think of any single person I know who is, is like, oh man, I'm taking a bus trip soon. I can't wait. <laughs> no, no one says that. Like, it's got to be the most, I don't know if loathed is the right word, but like, it's got to be like the last option, right? I would, I would say so. It's, it's definitely um, you're definitely going to end up with some some interesting characters, and it's probably the slowest method of travel. Yeah, because I mean you're you're subject to everything you would be in a car. I mean traffic and delays yeah. and, and 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 you know potential breakdowns. Yeah, trains I think can be slower depending on how many stops, but um, but yeah. It's bananas to me. I yeah, I've I've never traveled by bus outside of like a, a you know a, a school trip or anything, so I, I couldn't swear to any of this. Yeah, no, me me neither. Um, but no, it's a it, it's a fun scene where you know Dell, you know Dell, it just kind of showcases the the two the two characters where whereas Dell's kind of a man of the people and he starts singing kind of. Uh, show tunes that everyone likes and then Steve Martin tries to lead the the bus passengers in a song and it's like everyone's just like what the what and, is this yeah they all you? turn and look at him like with just like <laughs> disgust in their eyes <laughs> yeah it's, it, it's like it's the visual equivalent of the uh, of the record scratch you know? <laughs> yes yes there's a an interesting um, tidbit apparently for that bus scene a uh, young Jerry Ryan was was cast in that bus scene, but she couldn't stop laughing at Steve Martin and John Candy, so they had to replace her. <laughs> oh wow, that's funny. Though I think her career worked out okay, so don't feel too bad for her. Yeah, nah, yeah. Oh, you know, um, did you? I, I just wanted. To, yeah, like, go ahead. I, the the one thing that Neil does where I feel like he was he was completely um, valid was that. You know those two passengers. The ones in, making out. Seat. Yeah, like I mean, they were making out like right in his. Oh, face. it's gross. Yeah, <laughs> so and then gross. they give him a bunch of shit for looking. Like what? Like, right. How about you just take it outside? <laughs> but I do love Dell's reaction to him getting busted. It's so funny yeah. the way he just laughs at him. <laughs> well, especially because he's the one who told him to look. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Dell kind of egged him on, and then he yeah. got busted for it. <laughs> Which almost feels like like almost feels like a scene uh, that would would show up later in Seinfeld, like ten years later, when when George uh, when Jerry nudges George to check out some cleavage, and then he gets caught for it. I vaguely remember that. It's when they were trying to sell the show to NBC, and it's the daughter of like the NBC executive. That's right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, don't worry. We we can do a Seinfeld podcast down the road. Don't worry. 
Well, I mean, you know, speaking of Seinfeld, we did get a cameo from Larry Hinkin, who played uh, Tom Pepper, the fake Kramer yes, in Seinfeld. Yes, he is the, the man who drives the taxi from the, the, the airport in Wichita to that motel. And it's a right. very... Uh, I, ostentatious is a nice way to say it, but I mean, it's it's uh, kind of trashy looking, right? I mean, it's a uh, it's a it's a great cab. If it's, I'm it's driving, pimped if out. I'm riding in it's a cab, pimped out. That's the cab I want to ride in. Uh, fair enough, but he's so sleazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he's just he's taking them the long way. Yeah, so that he can get more money. <laughs> and uh, oh, uh, great. Larry Dobbin, also known as uh, Mr. Hinkle and Friends, by the way. Yes. Right. <laughs> so he's been around. He's done some stuff. Yeah, mostly mostly a TV actor. Yeah, for sure. But it's, yeah. it, it, it was fun to kind of see him and recognize him as, as that taxi driver. And again, yeah, he's just like a total skis ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he's telling he wants to take him the, the scenic route so they can see the, the sights at like 2 in the morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> All right, so the bus gets to St. Louis, and and again they have their meal. They part ways. Neil's gonna rent a car and he's gonna drive the rest of the way home. Except the car is not there. He's dropped off in this giant lot of cars, and he has to trek back to the airport. And and he's just, it, it, it just blind fury. When he finally gets to the terminal to the rental car place, yes, and he has one of the, in my opinion epic rants of all time against uh against uh edie mcclurg who everyone remembers as the secretary in in ferris bueller's day off that's right and and because i love the scene so much i'm gonna play it so listen up mark you ready all right all right here we go Steve Martin, so upset. Welcome to Marathon. May I help you? Yes. How may I help you? You can start by wiping that fucking dumbass smile off your rosy fucking cheeks. Then you can give me a fucking automobile, a fucking Datsun, a fucking Toyota, a fucking Mustang, a fucking Buick, four fucking wheels and a seat. I really don't care for the way you're speaking to me. And I really don't care for the way your company left me in the middle of fucking nowhere with fucking keys to a fucking car that isn't fucking there. And I really didn't care to fucking walk down a fucking highway and across a fucking runway to get back here to have you smile at my fucking face. I want a fucking car right fucking now. May I see your rental agreement? I threw it away. Big mistake. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, what? You're fucked. <laughs> that cracks me up every time because, like, Edie gets him at the end. He's so he rude. He's so rude and belligerent. <laughs> yeah, and but that's what I mean when I'm just like, wow, what an asshole. Like, she had nothing to do with that. That's not her fault. You're, hey. you're just going to come at her with that attitude, and you were so stupid that you threw away the receipt. Yeah. No, listen, as a, as a, as a individual who works in the retail world 
and and has been on the end of some of these uh, kind of type of types of conversations. <laughs> I totally sympathize with her. I understand his frustration, but yeah. <laughs> you don't throw away your rental agreement. That's just you know that's just protocol. You don't do that. Oh yeah, that and and I feel like it's also just like no matter what, no, no matter what happens, that person behind the desk, like that's not that's not that person's fault. You don't come at them with that kind of with that kind of hostility and attitude. I understand the anger, absolutely. But, yeah, and, oh, and, and 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 to be fair, like Neil does get his his sort of comeuppance. Uh, he does at yeah. at this point when uh, when he starts he tries to verbally abuse another person who just punches yes. him in the fucking face for it. Right. And then Dell almost runs him over in a car. And then carries him by the nuts. And <laughs> carries him by the nuts. And you get to hear him talk awkwardly. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Uh, but this gets us to my favorite chunk of the movie, which is where they're in the rental car together. And Dell is continuing to be, uh, you know, I don't know if obnoxious is right, but I mean, he's fiddling with the seat. And then the seat's going to be broken later when it's Neil's turn to sit in it because Dell couldn't stop putzing with it. Right. <laughs> but I, I love them in the car so much. You know, when, when Dell gets his hands, uh, he's trying to take his parka off, but he gets them both hooked around the knobs on either side of the seat. Yes. So he has to, like, scream and rip, it, rip the seat apart in his jacket while Neil's asleep next to him. Yeah, no, it, it, it's it's my my favorite sequence of, of of the movie as well. Yeah, and then also you you get you know just just prior to that, uh, or no, I think it's just after that actually, is when uh, Dell has the cigarette and he tries to flick it out the window and he's he's unaware that it doesn't make it out the window and it lands in the back seat. And yeah. Yeah, I think it's great because it's one of those those moments where, you know, bad things are coming, but right. it's just a matter of when. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it's it's back there for a while, and you you see smoke, a little bit of smoke in the background for you know a few shots, and and both Steve Martin and and John Candy are saying that it's hot in the car, and and, and they, they 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 build up to it, you know. Yeah, and actually, I think I got my sequence of events wrong. I think Dell flicking the cigarette butt happens before he tries to take the parka off, so I might be a little bit backwards on that. Yeah, because he's he's just driving along. He's having a grand old time listening to like jazz, blues music on the I think radio. It, I think he's listening to uh, Ray Neil Charles. Sleeps. What's that? I think he's listening to Ray Charles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and yeah, so it's like after that, that's when he flicks his cigarette, hits the window, bounces back in, in, into the back seat, and then he gets hot and, and tries to, trying yeah. to take yeah, tries to take the parka off and is driving with no hands on the wheel, driving with his crotch, yeah. basically. Yeah, and then, so. you know, so, and once they, 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 they skid around, you know, they're coming off an on-ramp because his hands are pinned to his side, so he can't use the steering wheel. Like you said, he's trying to drive with his knees and his crotch, basically. Uh, yeah. And they finally rips his arms free. The car's in a spin-out. Yeah. And as they, you know, and they're fine. Nothing happens, but, you know, he tells Neil that, the, oh, I almost hit a deer. And right. you know, Neil goes back to sleep or whatever. And then uh, uh, they get back on the freeway. But because they spun out, he doesn't know what direction he is. So he just goes up the ramp. And right. we we know that that Dell is now going... He's he's going the wrong direction in one-way traffic, basically. He's, uh, he's, he's going north on a southbound lane or whatever. Right. Right. And... <laughs> 
And this leads to one of my favorite parts. I love this part of the movie so much. We're opening the podcast with the sequence where the drivers across the the freeway are trying to tell them they're going okay. the wrong direction. Yes. <laughs> and Dell's response was like, oh, they're drunk. They don't know where we're going. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's so good. <laughs> and Neil's just like, yeah, they don't know where we're going. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> and then the trucks come. <laughs> right. And the trucks come. <laughs> Neil, <laughs> you see the skeleton of Neil, you see the skeleton of Dell. Neil looks over at Dell and sees the devil. <laughs> yeah. Probably my favorite gag in the movie is just that shot right there. He just sees Dell as the devil. Yeah, and so as they as they narrowly make it through these two trucks coming at them on the freeway, uh, and and Dell finally slams the brakes on once they're clear, and we haven't talked much about Dell's giant trunk that he 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 just lugs everywhere with him, but they slam the brakes on and the and the trunk just goes flying. <laughs> as it, as it yes. and the lid of the trunk break free from the car, it just flies out into the middle of the road. And we, <laughs> and their screaming and their yelling is so loud and so funny. And then when they finally stop, and you 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 watch Neil pulling his fingers off the dashboard, and Dell yeah. prying his his hands off the steering wheel, and you see the steering wheel is like bent forward because he was pressing so right. hard on it. <laughs> it's just right. <laughs> it makes me laugh just thinking about it. It's so good. <laughs> so they go out to retrieve the trunk and that's when they have a, a conversation Neil thinks it's really funny that, that Dell's been getting away with a lot of stuff you know he, a lot of things have kind of been breaking in Dell's favor uh, despite the fact that they were robbed you know he hasn't had to pay for a lot right. of things and, and various so Dell's been able to kind of finagle his way out of things by selling shower curtain rings as earrings to people and, yes. and so so Del, you know Dell's kind of been a, a savvy you know, making making things happen. Yeah. But De- Neil finds it really hilarious that this time around, he, he can't get out of this. He's going to have to return that car, and it is fucked up. Right. <laughs> and that's when we get the reveal that Dell <laughs> thought that Neil maybe put his own credit card in Dell's wallet so he could rent a car. Yes. yes. <laughs> so Neil re- realizes that the car is fucked up. It's in his name. He's going to be responsible for it. <laughs> and that's when the cigarette lights and the car catches fire. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Which, again, just I think is just perfect comedic timing for everything. You knew that cigarette was in there, but you kind of get distracted by the other events. Yeah. So you don't necessarily forget about it unless you're just not, you know, that in tune with it. <laughs> but what a great moment for all of a sudden the entire car to ignite on fire. Yeah, it's kind of that thing where it's like, um, you know, they, they set the cigarette up as being kind of the catastrophe that's going to go wrong while they're on the road. Mm -hmm. But then it turns out that everything else goes wrong. And then the car lighting on fire is just kind of like the icing on the cake. Yeah, exactly. It's really, it's really great the way they did that. I thought that again, that's why, that's why it's like my favorite sequence in in the film. Um, Because it's just so well done. Yeah. Oh man, that's good stuff. But this is when Neil's had it. (laughs) Neil is officially had it at this point. He slugs Dell in the, in the stomach, yes. and then trips over his trunk. Right, because you know, because that that is the thing. Again, you you know, I've I've, I've talked about how, how how Neil's a jerk, but but the whole all the way through the movie is like, yes, he is a jerk, but he always ends up getting his kind of comeuppance. Yeah, you know, yeah. like like every single time, it's like you know, just like karma's a bitch, and it just strikes him 
right there. It's like, you know, so. But it, it's certainly after this that, that, that Neil's character sort of, um, I don't know, transformation is going to be accurate, but they, after the car is done being on fire, they, <laughs> it still drives, which is nice. Yes. Yeah. Hey, yeah. So, craftsmanship. Yeah, so so Neil finds the nearest motel for them, but he is just done with Dell. Uh, they go to the office. Neil's getting a room for himself and himself only. He offers up like $17 in his watch, which is a very nice watch. We see it at the beginning of the film. They show it. Right. And he's going to go sleep alone and, and just it's, he's just over this. Dell has if Dell can't get his own room, he has to sleep in the car or you know, find his own way or whatever. Because because yeah. you know Dell's been talking his way in, into out of things out of out of harmful scenarios. Uh, except Dell can't talk his way out of this one, so he has to go sit in the car and, and yeah. potentially sleep in the car. And that's sort of the moment for Neil, where he looks out the window and he sees, I mean, a fairly pathetic figure of, of John Candy huddled up in in the car in the snow, and uh, um, sort of I don't. I don't know. Do you think it's take pity, or what, what? What do you think it is, or just maybe just understanding it and just shows compassion finally? Uh, you know, I mean, I think it's both. Okay. You know, I you know, I think it is kind of Neil having sort of a moment of clarity that again, you know, Dell's been with him all this time, and and despite all of his flaws and all the things that L has put him through, he's just been trying to help him all the way, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he's been standing by him through all of this. And, you know, I, it, it just, it, it's seeing him out, sitting out there in, in the cold in, in the car, you know, it, it just, it, it appeals to uh, Neil's better nature. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, so Neil's going to invite him in, and uh, they have a really they, they sort of bond at this point. Yes, they yeah. they share some drinks, they share some uh, Doritos. <laughs> yes, from the, <laughs> from the uh, vending from machine. The snack machine. Yeah, and they 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 sort of finally seem to make peace with with each other, and that they're they're going to help each other get home. And this is like the last leg of the of the film, and the last leg of the movie, uh, right. the last leg of their journey, I should say. Yeah, uh, and and they're kind of finally on the same page with each other. No pun yes. intended for Neil Page. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I did want to back it up for one second because uh, there was one thing I noticed that I wanted to ask you about. They're st- they're they're on the side of the freeway after after they're going the wrong direction after the trucks after the trunk, and and you see a sign behind them that says Chicago and it's like 102 miles, you know, to Chicago. Okay. At this point, if it were you. Would you not just call your family to come fucking pick you up? Like, for the love of God, throw the kids in the car and come get me. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's 100 miles. Like, that's not that far. No, that's, yeah, that's, that's not far at all. Um, no, yeah, it's, it's a good point. Um, but I guess... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. I just, it was just something I noticed. I was like, oh, it's like only 102 miles. I think I would have called for a ride by now. I mean, maybe, I don't know. Well, I mean, he was flying home. So I guess even if the, even if Neil's family only had one car, she, the wife would have the car. I mean, unless maybe the so, car's at the airport, maybe. Is maybe. That, is that a viable yeah. scenario? 
Actually, yeah. I mean, it kind of is. Okay, so maybe maybe that's maybe that's the situation. Yeah. Which at this point, I then ask, like, couldn't one of those lame ass family members have come picked him up? They had to be traveling from somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I'm just true. saying. I think Neil might have had some options. He might have uh, tried figuring it out. <laughs> well, you know. Well, look, I, you know, I don't want to say anything about his wife, but she seems like kind of a pill. <laughs> so, you know, maybe he just was like, I don't want to deal with that shit. <laughs> That's an interesting uh, notion on that. <laughs> his whole family seemed very uptight, like him. So oh, Perhaps. She did seem a little... Uh, uh, I don't know. Not I don't know. Like non sympathetic. Not not that. Not, I don't want to say that. Um, I she just seemed kind of miffed that he couldn't figure out how to get home. <laughs> right. It's like I'm doing the best I can over here. <laughs> no, I mean to be fair, St. Louis to Chicago is not that far. But so. You know. You know these lovely Midwest see, stories. We'll see how she does in this situation. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, you know, and and to to con- to contrast with another great John Hughes. Uh, road trip movie, uh, uh, Dutch. You know, at least in that movie, it's established that that not calling for help uh, is 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 a key element in in their journey. Sure. I think for this, it was just kind of became convenient. Like, well, they we, they can't just call for help because then the movie's over. Right. Which yeah, makes yeah. movie sense, and I'm I'm okay with movie sense. I just wanted to kind of pose this to you. Yeah, and, and I agree with you. Uh, they could have done more to to explain that. I didn't. I didn't notice the sign there, but like, yeah, it does. It does make sense, like because they do drive in the next day. So, yeah. So af- after their their bonding, uh, they hit the road in their burnt up car, and we, yes. we get one of my favorite cameos of the of the movie, which is Michael Bikian as the state yes. trooper, yeah. <laughs> and John Candy's <laughs> very, I think, very convincingly telling him, telling the state trooper that 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 car is still roadworthy. Yeah, it's it's wonderful, and I think Michael McKeon handles it perfectly because he's just he plays such a great kind of like straight man where it's like he just can't believe these two are driving this car, and you almost get the sense like he kind of wants to help, but because of his his duty, he can't. You know, I I don't know if I'm the only one who got that. I I. I it... I mean, I think he's not like unsympathetic, but he knows like that car shouldn't be on the road. I mean, he, the, exactly. The, the, yeah. the first question out of his mouth when he when he comes to the car is like, he's like, "What the hell are you driving?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, wouldn't that be your first question? Like, what is going on? <laughs> well, it's it was so it it was so funny. I've I've recently watched this. And then a few weeks ago, I had watched Clue, another movie with with a young Michael McKeon in it. And it's so funny to see him so young in a couple different things, uh, because I, I don't know if you're watching Better Call Saul, but uh, he's he was in the first couple seasons of that, and it's just like, wow, man, like all these people you kind of grew up with, just getting so old. But to see him so young again was so uh, wonderful. Yeah, I have not I have not watched Better Call Saul, so I I did. I did look him up on uh, IMDb after watching this, and I saw he was on it. I was like, "Oh, you know," but yeah, I I haven't haven't seen it. Yeah, and and, and Michael McKean, uh one in this one of the stars of one of my favorite movies of all time, which is uh, this is Spinal Tap. 
It's wonderful. Oh yeah, we'll do a podcast for that one eventually too. Don't worry. Yeah, just... it's 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 been a long time since I've seen it, but it it's truly great. I mean that that's one of those not to, not to derail this plane trains and audio specific episode, but if we did a Smile Tap episode, it might be two parts because I have so much to say about that movie and how brilliant it is. Okay, <laughs> I mean I it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I remember like it it just was great. You know? <laughs> yeah, I tried to get Janine to watch it one time, and she was not having it. You know, it's one of those things I feel like you, you kind of have to at least be a little bit interested in heavy metal to uh, to appreciate it. Ah, oh, sure, but, I mean, well, whatever. We can go down that road later. <laughs> <laughs> but the car gets impounded, and, and our heroes seem to be stuck, except Dell comes through again, and he's able to get them a ride in a cheese truck. Yes. But they have to sit in the back of the truck with the cheese, where it's cold. Yeah. Mm. It was only three hours. <laughs> but this gets them to Chicago, where they 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 uh, are going to part ways on the uh, the platform of the of the uh, elevated train that runs through Chicago. We've we've seen it in a thousand different movies. Yep. And and uh, they're gonna say their goodbyes, and Neil's gonna get home. Yes. Except except once once apart, Neil starts to kind of put together the puzzle pieces all of a sudden. Right. And realize that Dell has nowhere to go. Right. And so he goes back to the train station and finds him and uh, invites him over for Thanksgiving dinner and, and, and orders are stored in the world of planes, trains, and automobiles. Yep. So a, a nice, sweet wrap-up there. Now, uh, apparently, initially, uh, the original ending for the movie was, was, uh, was just that uh, Dell follows him home. <laughs> Ooh, that's weird. And that's weird, right? Yeah. Because uh, I guess John Hughes, after seeing it that way, um, decided that was just kind of pathetic. Right. So they they went back and they were able to. I, I guess on the on the train when Neil's kind of thinking about his family and stuff like that, they just kind of kept the camera rolling. So they were able to to get all this footage of of Steve Martin as he's kind of like going through his lines mentally, mm-hmm. and there was enough facial expressions there that they were like, okay, we can shape this into something, and then we'll we'll shoot a new ending at the house. Right. Which is basically what they did. I mean that's interesting because because they have the storyline throughout the film that you know John Kerry or John Kerry uh, John Candy's character Dell is has a wife Marie right uh, and he he carries her picture with him wherever he goes and so the little bit of backstory that we think we have of him is is that he has a wife Marie and and she's at home waiting waiting for him but then the reveal is that marie passed away eight years ago and john mm-hmm. john candy has nowhere to go yeah um yeah he's, he's basically so, homeless he lives on the road yeah exactly he's like i don't know he's like a hobo with a job yeah i mean he, he, you know? he again that's one of those clues you get early in the in the picture when he when he says that he hasn't been home in years right yeah no apparently that that's that was all in play but the, the 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 way it sat with John Hughes was he didn't like that Dell followed him home and then kind yeah, of revealed no, himself I, that way because he, he just was like that makes him kind of pathetic. Then that was more important for for Neil to kind of put that together and then bring Dell home on his own because that way you don't feel that Dell's pathetic. He's just you know he's just alone and needs help. Right. And, and you don't, well, you, you, I, I guess you don't you know you don't feel pity for him. I suppose is the way to. 
yeah, no, I'm 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 glad he had that that revelation because I don't think the film would would work nearly as well without that. Yeah, um, I, I tend for, to agree with you on that. For one thing, it's 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 um, it's bad for both characters because it makes Dell kind of more pathetic and weird and creepy, mm-hmm. and it's also uh, Neil doesn't get to kind of round out his arc where it's like he's finally thinking about this person, he someone other than himself, and kind of like puts that all together and 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 you know reaches out to this individual who's kind of been reaching out to him the whole movie mm-hmm. so so yeah i mean i i think that i think it's very, i'm very glad that john hughes had that realization because otherwise i, I think it's a disservice to both characters yeah I, I definitely agree i think i think neil needed that that kind of uh revelatory moment uh, and and it shows that again after they sort of bonded, you know, in the motel and in the car and everything like that, and on this last leg of the trip, uh, that that Neil is sort of more aware. His his he's not just so focused inwardly. He's actually kind of paying attention to what's going on outside of him, and yeah. then sort of taking everything that 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 Dell has told him and realizing that like this guy's not going anywhere. He's just going to be sitting at that train station. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was a really interesting thing when I when I read that. It was. It was. I was like, oh wow, that's really that's really interesting. Yeah. Now, would you also be interested to know that somewhere in the Paramount vaults, whether it's still a, a in, in in working condition or not, is is up for debate. But somewhere exists a three and a half hour cut of this movie. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Apparently, the original screenplay, and that, and basically, like, like what they shot was a a hundred and forty something page script for a comedy. And Steve Martin's okay. first reaction was like, "That's kind of long, don't you think?" That's like Judd Apatow length <laughs> comedy, you know. But I think there's, I think there's also a fair amount of uh, of improv stuff that Martin and Candy were doing and they probably just let the cameras roll. But somewhere together sure. somewhere there is a very extremely long cut of planes, trains and automobiles. I mean, I'd love to see that. Just out of curiosity. Like well, I would love to see what was there that 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 didn't make it. So I'd like to I'd like to to point uh, you and our, our wonderful listening audience to the YouTube and find the trailer for planes, trains and automobiles because many of the scenes in that trailer are not in the final film. Okay. So you you will see some new stuff in there that you're like, when, when the hell was that scene? Man, they, it seems like they did that so often back in the day. Yeah. Well, yeah, and well, I mean, and now they shoot fake stuff for trailers on, intentionally. So I mean, it's kind of yeah. it's, it's it's kind of come full circle with trailers. <laughs> before like it was it. before it was unintentional. Now it's definitely intentional. Ugh. <laughs> All right, so that's that's the end of our movie. I feel like, um, is there anything else we need to mention? You know, Neil reunites with family. Dell gets to spend Thanksgiving with him. We don't know what what's going to happen to Dell afterwards. There's no kind of epilogue that that, that well, Neil was, helps him get back on his feet or anything. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Like, when, did you come up? I kind of I came up with a little, not a story, but I came up with like an idea as to what would happen after the film. Did did you think about that at all? I mean, I I, I think that Neil helps Dell get back on his feet. Like maybe he puts him up in his attic or something, 
um, for a little while and, 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 and kind of builds Dell back up into a, a functioning individual who can own a home or an apartment somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that's more or less what I thought in that it, because because Neil works in marketing and John Candy works in sales, which are two very related uh, professions. And I always thought that maybe, you know, like Steve Martin was able to g- kind of find him or help him get a job, uh, a, a better job so that he can be a little more stable and kind of like you said, you know, get an apartment, maybe a home, yeah, something like that. Not, not and and that the two that. of them would continue to be friends. Yeah, and, and you know, not living out of that trunk. It was, it right. was going to be a key element. <laughs> so that right. Dale can travel a lot lighter on his next business trip. Yes. Well, I also thought, I, I thought that trunk was um, actually quite a nice metaphor for all of the uh, the baggage that um, uh, Dell is carrying around. Oh, I think you're 100% right about that. That's really great insight there. I didn't I didn't even think about that initially, but you're right. I think you're dead on about that. Yeah. You know, I just I I thought that yeah, I was thinking that okay, yeah, yeah. You're smarter than me on that one for sure. I just thought it was like where he kept a lot of stuff from his wife that he couldn't get rid of. But yeah, I think you're 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 way more perceptive on that. Yeah, well, I mean, it probably was, but th- like that's just But you mean, I mean like you said can't... it's a metaphor. I just thought of yeah, it as like, like the surface issue you're right yeah and it's just kind of like you know like when the train breaks down and neil sees uh neil sees dell kind of trudging along with the trunk like dragging the trunk behind him and he comes over and he helps him but when he helps him neil is still kind of walking behind john candy at that Mm -hmm. point yeah they're at a bit of an angle yeah, but then at the end of the film, he's helping him carry it again, but they're walking side by side, kind of as equals. Goddamn, Mark, that's really insightful. <laughs> I do my best. Yeah, you're. God dang, I've watched this movie a thousand times. I never thought about it in, the, in that term, in those terms. I, I, it's funny. I watched this film for the first time. Like two years ago, I watched this film for like the first time in a very long time. And I was just like, man, that it, it was just like a lot more endearing than I remembered. And it it's kind of become I, and I think also because there's just not that many Thanksgiving movies, but mm-hmm. it, it, it has become kind of one of my favorite kind of holiday movies for for that reason alone. I, th- I think there's a very there's a very poignant message behind it. And I think that, um, you know, just just John Hughes is. He's just so good. He is. At, er, at doing was. That. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. I mean, that's all I, that's all I got for it. You know? Yeah. No, no, you're, I mean, you're dead right. And, and you know, I, 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 that's the, I think that's the wonderful part about having, like a, like, a fresh set of eyes watching something that they haven't seen super recently. Like like I said, I watched this a thousand times, and I never it never quite clicked to me, like, that way. Then you, as soon as you said it, I'm like, you're like, I, I was like, oh, yeah, he's 100% right. <laughs> thanks no I mean that's great I, I do that's why I like doing this podcast with, with people who maybe have a little bit of a different uh, perspective on it than I do and and again, you know in my case as somebody who's watched this a million times and I just completely miss that and maybe it's because I've seen it so many times that it just you know I, I just watch it now because it's just hey this is what I do right. so I'm not yeah. looking for that stuff but you catching that was awesome really good cool. thanks for cool. doing thanks for pointing that out to us all 
I, you're welcome. Yeah, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a message from somebody like we all knew that Tom. Why didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, all right, fine. I'm the dummy here. <laughs> the Markcast podcast will, will take over next week. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> all right, so I guess my final question for you, and I, I I feel like you sort of answered it already, but uh, you know, a movie from 1987 not always uh translates to the modern audience, but uh, does this movie hold up? Do you still recommend it? What do you think? I still recommend it. Uh, I I think it definitely holds up. You know, there there might be some things where a younger audience is kind of like, what's this or what's it like the old diners club thing or you know why can't they just you know use credit cards or whatever. Um, but uh, but for the most part, like like outside of those things that kind of date it, you know, I, I think it holds up so long as the uh, the audience member is is willing to kind of settle into the year 1987 and just go with it. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100% on that. And, uh, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, because it's... Uh, I understand that a modern audience would, would, would kind of struggle a little bit because there's no cell phones, you know? Right. Securing flights and transportation is a lot easier nowadays than it used to be. Uh, yeah. So as long as you you can make that... that You, you can go back in time like that and, and, and see how... Uh, how us old timers used to have to do things. I think you're gonna have a good time still. Yeah, absolutely. Right on, man. Well, oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say Steve Martin, John Candy. I, you know, they're just two of the best. Yeah. Oh, oh and, definitely. Yeah, it's it's just great seeing them together, and and yeah, like I, I mean, I miss them both. You know, Steve Martin retired, but John Candy, unfortunately, you know, was cut cut very short. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, you know he's no longer around and and uh yeah he was just one of my favorites growing up so no i i agree with you well thank you so much for doing this i had a blast talking to you you you, you taught me a few things so now when i watch yeah. that movie i'll be like oh yeah there it is that son of a bitch mark he got it and i <laughs> completely right. missed it <laughs> <laughs> awesome man thank you so much for doing this mark i hope you have a great wonderful happy thanksgiving Thank you, you too. And I will I will talk to you very, very soon. All right, you too, man. Bye. Is there something I can help you with? What the hell are you driving here? We had a small fire last night, but we caught it in the nick of time. <laughs> you have any idea how fast you were going? Well, funnily enough, I was just talking to my friend about that. Our speedometer's melted, and as a result, it's very hard to say with any degree of accuracy exactly uh, how fast we were going. 78 miles an hour. 78, huh? Well, yeah, I could buy that, sure, I guess. Uh, you know, uh, you would know better than us, uh, especially since we got a melted speedometer. Do you feel this vehicle is safe for highway travel? Yes, I do. Yes, I really do. I, I, I believe that. I know it's not pretty to look at, but it'll get you where you want to go. Now, you got no outside mirror. No, we lost that. You have no functioning gauges. No, not a one. However, the radio still works. Funny as that may seem, with all this mess, that the radio is the only thing that's really working good, and it's as clear as a bell. Don't ask me how. <laughs> there it is. That's the show. I hope you enjoyed it. hope I didn't double up on any too many of the sound clips. There might have been a double sound clip in there. I apologize. Anyways, it was funny. Just deal with it. That's how it goes sometimes. Thank you for listening to this special remix edition of our Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Automobiles conversation from... 2020, when my brother and I sat down 
to uh, revisit this John Hughes, Steve Martin, John Candy comedy classic. We had a great time checking it out. I think that was evident in the conversation. And I hope you sit down and watch that movie this holiday season with your family, uh, assuming your family is uh, age-appropriate for such comedy. <laughs> I t- <laughs> well, on the, on, the, on, the, uh, on the Thanksgiving tip that we are on, again, I mentioned before I'm, I'm uh, occupado. I'm, I'm, I'm distracted. I have a moving brain right now where I'm only focused on getting all of my property out of one, uh, you know, residence and into another one. And it is very frustrating and annoying, and I hate it, and it makes me hate my life. But it is a necessity, and it must be taken care of, it must be handled. But, in spite of all that, I wanted to make sure I mentioned just how thankful I am this holiday season for every single person that takes the time to download, listen, like, subscribe, and share this show with everybody else that they know uh, in the world, on social media, through however you choose to do it. Carrier Pigeon, it's all good. It's Jiggy Baby. And I truly, truly appreciate you and your efforts to spread the word about what we're doing here on the TomCast Podcast. My name is Tom. Surprise, surprise. And I want to thank you once again for listening to this quality independent pop culture podcast. Make sure you're following along on social media at TomCast Podcast, Twitter and Instagram. Email the show, TomCastPopCast at gmail.com. And again, thank you again for liking, subscribing, and sharing the show with everyone in your family, friends, inner circle, acquaintances, uh, and random people you've met on the street. I truly, truly appreciate it. Uh, and a special shout out to the official members of Poppin Nation, which you can join at patreon.com forward slash TomCastPopCast. Join the nation, gain access to the sweet bonus content. Thank you to our current Patreons, the Aspen Hill Chody, the Batman Abejo, Jeff Nail, co-hosting the Ring and Ear, a great podcast, a music podcast. Check them out. Thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles, the Squid Master General, Mr. Brian Broussard, the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wagamer, our very own Joker and Holly Quinn, Brian and Krista of Pariah Brewing Company right here in San Diego, coming soon to Baltimore, Maryland, the Beer Hop Brigadier General, Jesus Beer Hops, and of course, the Silent Assassin, he who shall not be named. All right. I hope everyone has a amazing Thanksgiving holiday weekend. Even if you don't celebrate the holiday itself, go have a great weekend. I hope you get the long weekend. Hope you have all four days off. Go out there, rock it, crush it, do that thing. Um, if you don't believe in capitalism, don't worry about Black Friday. Just go have fun, be awesome, and remember to be awesome to the people around you and to the people you meet out in the world. That's what it's all about. We gotta we gotta spread some love. This holiday season, we got to spread the cheer, and uh, it's up to every single one of us to be nice to ourselves, to our family, to our friends, and to strangers, more importantly than not, okay? Remember that. There's a lot of people going through uh, dark times in the holidays, and sometimes just even a kind word here and there can can help them in their struggles, and and uh, I feel like that is the least we can do sometimes, is, is offer someone a kind word here and there. Um, and, and, and again, maybe 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 help restore a little bit of their faith in humanity. So go have a great holiday. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Uh, again, again, if you don't celebrate the holiday, I still hope you have a great long weekend. If you're not in the States, have a great time. Uh, I thank you all so much for listening. My name is Tom. This is the TomCast Podcast. And remember, ciao, babes.
So the Tribe drops its third straight on this trip, 6-1 to one to the Rangers. For the Indians, one run on, let's see, one hit. That's all we got, one goddamn hit. You can't say goddamn on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. Great story, compelling and rich. We're not going to be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions. Yeah.